Hello and welcome to the Ontario Animal Health Network podcast. Quick and handy tips for veterinarians and producers on the go. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, coordinator for the Ontario Animal Health Network, or OWEN, and today we're joined by Dr. Tom Baker, who's a veterinarian but also the manager of the Featherboard Command Centre. Welcome, Tom. Good day. So, Tom, we are here today to talk about avian influenza because we're seeing some things around the world and in the United States that we thought that producers should know about in Ontario. For those new to the issue, what is avian influenza? Yes, well, avian influenza is a virus. I mean, we're very familiar with uh, influenzas that go through the human population every year, um, but avian influenza is, is, is a generally a different virus that uh, can infect uh, wild birds and it can also infect uh, domesticated poultry, chickens, turkeys, pheasants, quails, ducks, geese, guinea fowl, all the, the domesticated birds um, can be affected by uh, avian influenza. And um, this is a disease where the birds get infected often when they have contact with um, uh, feces or secretions from birds that were that are infected. Um, and the other way they, they get infected is, is when they have uh, contact with a contaminated surface or with infected food and water supplies. So there's many ways this even influenza virus can be transmitted. Um, but it, it, it varies to not all avian influenza viruses are equal. There's, um, you know, a range of uh, uh, impact that, that, that they have. There's some, you know, that they call highly pathogenic, and there's other AI viruses that are called, you know, that have low pathogenicity. So just, um, just, for, the, um, just for the newbies out there, what does pathogenicity mean? Yeah, the... The pathogenicity really is almost it's more like a laboratory term. It really uh, speaks to the impact this virus has when it's ex- when birds are exposed to it. So in, in this case, uh, chickens are primarily used to uh, test these viruses. Um, so it, the, the pathogenicity refers to the impact on birds, not not on humans. So uh, a highly pathogenic virus. Uh, cause severe illness and death in domestic birds and a, a low pathogenic uh, virus would typically sometimes have no clinical signs and in other cases would be very mild clinical signs. But in both cases, um, it may or may not affect humans, correct? That's correct. There, these viruses, AI, the avian influenza virus is... I'm not a virologist, but I'm told it's, it's one of the viruses that is most... Uh, inclined to mutate. It's always uh, circulating, recirculating, swapping genes with, uh, with other avian influenza viruses. So it's, uh, it's an annual challenge. Uh, we see that in the human world when they're trying to design vaccines for us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually um, some of them aren't as effective some years as they could because the virus has, has changed. So we, we see that um, here in avian influenza as well. I love what you said about the difference between high path and low path. So explaining that high path is uh, is affects the bird significantly and low path doesn't affect the bird significantly, but it may or may not have much to do with the humans um, or uh, but in with, but if there is an impact on humans, then public health officials will certainly let us know. And what can you tell us about the recent outbreak in the United States in Tennessee? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd call these outbreaks. Uh, I think they're incidents. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, and I think that's important to know. The, the, these incidents, uh, and I'll just summarize what, at this point, there may be more, uh, you know, in the future, but right now we're dealing with uh, three um, 
three incidents. Uh, there was some uh, chicken breeding, uh, chicken breeders' uh, flocks in uh, Tennessee. One of them came down with a high path, and another with a low path. Um, different independent situations, not in the same area. And also some turkeys in Wisconsin that came down with a low path. So um, those have been largely, I would say, from what I can see, very well managed by the government. Um, they've got the depopulation, uh, you know, and so on, uh, quarantine um, measures in place. So those, at this point, it's always hard to tell with even influenza, but it would appear that they have those under control. Not to say there won't be some others pop up, but... Um, these uh, three incidents seem to be, you know, quite independent. Um, what is interesting is that they're all located within the, what they call the Mississippi Flyway. Um, that's not a highway. That's just generally a, a, the, the bird people say have divided the continent into these different flyways based on typically where the birds, you know, the directions that they migrate. And and this flyway is actually extends north into Ontario. So. Um, you know, it's something that we want to, to keep an eye on. Right, and I think that's why we thought about this uh, this podcast as an idea to just give everybody an update and also to kind of move into what it is that they sh- that each producer in Ontario should know about avian influenza, how to recognize the signs, what should they do, um, whether you're a small flock uh, producer or a commercial producer. Um, so to kind of move into that, what have, the bit, what have the clinical signs been with this strain this year? It uh, what we're seeing this year is, uh, particularly cases in the U.S. was um, fairly. Um, in the case of uh, the initial um, day one sort of thing, the farmers were basically detecting birds that uh, just generally depressed, lacked energy, um, a little bit off on their food and movement, um, and then what they then then a day later they they seen uh, mortality, they seen sudden death. And, uh, you know, in some respiratory signs, where, you know, in terms of difficulty breathing and, uh, and, and this type of thing. But this is the way this virus functions is it uh, you don't have much time. It explodes very quickly. So mm-hmm. when, when a farmer detects a, a bird with, with, you know, a slight abnormality, even if it's not causing death yet, um, you need to move quickly. Now, um, now, you mentioned mortality. Um, is it the same level, same amount of high mortality that we saw in the strain uh, in 2015? Is it that same? Is it that same presentation or a bit different? Yeah, it's a. It's, it is a different virus, but we're seeing very similar uh, presentation in terms of the mortality. I mean, we're just really the one high path so far in in, yeah. in the U.S. But it, it acted very similar to what we saw in Ontario in 2015, even though it was a different virus. Okay. Um, now, I should mention. And, and um, when uh, another clinical sign that sometimes is the first to show up, in some cases the only sign to show up, is decreased egg production. So you, you know, in an egg-laying operation or uh, breeding uh, flock, um, with some viruses, uh, some of the influenza viruses, the, the birds keep eating and uh, they just quit laying eggs very dramatically. Just quit. Um, I, that wasn't reported in this incident, so I, I can't speak to it. But we've certainly seen that in uh, turkeys and in 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 um, in, in the past, and uh, also uh, other birds, uh, laying birds. Okay, um, yeah, and I understand also that it can show up and manifest in different ways in different species. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 
Um, so good to keep an eye on your birds, no matter what your species is. If they're if they yeah. get off, then it's important to notify your veterinarian quickly. Yeah, I mean, typically, I can say this uh, to date: this virus has tended to uh, hit more mature birds. Okay. You know, uh, but uh, that's not an ironclad rule, and every virus has its own unique features. So I certainly would want to imply that uh, uh, you know younger uh, birds would uh, not be vulnerable to the disease. Yeah, it seems to be an interesting virus from uh, from all of the examples that you see. That it um, it really just doesn't always follow the rule books. <laughs> it can yeah, be different yeah. depending. Exactly. So uh, some of these some viruses, as a veterinarian, you know, you can be very some viruses and bacteria. It's just very, you know, you know what to expect. It's going to look this way. But this is a this is just an interesting case. So it's yeah. <laughs> make, I guess it it really keeps uh, keeps everybody on their toes. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and, and basically uh, detecting abnormalities and. I mean, the farmers, the commercial farmers already monitor their you know, water and feed consumption, and those are sometimes early indicators, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, commercial flock uh, owners. What, are, what should our Ontario commercial flock owners know, and what should they be specifically doing to prevent um, avian influenza on their farms? Yeah, I think Ontario commercial farmers, poultry farmers were, uh, you know, 2015 was a real wake-up call, uh, even though it was a relatively minor outbreak, uh, you know, isolated to one run region. Uh, it certainly um, was the first time it had ever hit Ontario, this, these, these types of high-path um, even influenza viruses. So we have some experience with it. We had a low-path uh, AI last uh, in 2016, and so we know it can come. We know it's spring weather approaching. Uh, hard to believe it some days when it's uh, minus 20, but spring weather is approaching, and uh, so we're going to have warmer temperatures and the wild bird migrations associated with that. So the threat of reemergence of, of high-path AI in Ontario is, is quite real. Um, no guarantees. One never knows. Um, this disease, you know, as I say, has hit us before. These recent incidents in the U.S. really, uh, I think, are triggering uh, some renewed prevention efforts uh, to make sure the virus, uh, if it, you know, if a wild bird with, with this virus uh, goes over, that uh, we have means to keep it out of our farms. Um, so the Featherboard Command Center uh, recently sent out an advisory reminding uh, farmers to follow their daily uh, biosecurity protocols uh, very rigorously, uh, as well as to consider, you know, appropriate additional biosecurity measures to, to keep out the disease. Because um, really, this is the first line of defense against uh, AI is, is rigorously enforced biosecurity. Mm-hmm. And I think in the presentations uh, after the avian influenza outbreak, the large one in the United States, um, where we were, you know, Ontario got a very small, had a very small yeah. outbreak relatively, it seemed like the, the one of the big keys to that they really pinned down as a smoking gun was biosecurity. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we saw breaches. Okay. So they've uh, gone through quite a process, uh, you know, in the last uh, since then, and uh, certainly investing heavily uh, both at the government and at the private, uh, at the farm level. Yeah. Okay. Good. So good point for everyone to remind them of. Now, as far as resources that uh, commercial uh, commercial flock uh, owners should fall and could look up, because um, there's an awful lot of information out on the internet, and, and we know everybody's short on time. Are there really good places uh, that would be reliable sources of information for the commercial flock? 
Well, uh, I guess as the manager of the Featherboard Command Center, <laughs> I would suggest our website would be uh, one uh, one source, uh, fbcc.ca. Um, in fact, we did uh, we have a resource posted on there that I, I think is quite helpful. It's called How to Protect Your Flock from Avian Influenza, and it was developed out of the lessons learned from 2015 um, in, in Oxford County um, uh, incidents, AI incidents we had. And, but, uh, you know, both... Uh, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and, and, and the Ministry of Agriculture and Food and Rural Affairs here in Ontario have um, some very good fact sheets and background material on their websites. I think those are good places to look. There's actually quite a plethora of information, um, and most of it quite reliable, you know, that, that is available on various industry uh, websites. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's remarkable in the last couple of years how um, the hunger for information on, on avian influenza. So a lot of farmers have their you know, have their favorite magazine or or um, blog or whatever that they follow on. And, you know, there's many sources. But I think it's useful to go back to the to the more official fact sheets that, and so on that the government produces. Those are, are, are very, very helpful. Another resource that uh, commercial farmers have that I would encourage them to, to, to utilize is their, uh, they all, all the commercial uh, poultry operations and uh, in uh, you know respect to chickens and turkeys and laying birds uh, and breeders, or they all have a, a board. They have a marketing board, right? That they're part of, and, and the inspectors or the field service reps are, um, are generally have either have the knowledge or can access it very quickly. So that's another source that a, a commercial uh, farmer should should draw on. Um, you know, their boards invest in having staff there that that have. Uh, knowledge and access to resources. So that's, that's another excellent uh, place. Great. I should also mention that um, on the Ontario Animal Health Network, we do have um, some fact sheets, and we do have a couple of infographics that people may wish to post in their barn just as a reminder to staff to uh, for some basic biosecurity things. Um, so if you wanted yeah. to visit that, that, we'll put it on the link to with the podcast, but it's also at oahn.ca. Yeah, thank you. We actually found that... Uh, poster that you did very very helpful and we've posted that on uh, as a, in our resource library on our on the FBCC okay, so website as well yeah okay, good. thanks yeah. Um, so um, and are there important numbers that all commercial poultry producers should know about uh, is there anything you wanted to share with that um, with respect to that and while we're on the topic of resources you, you mean like phone numbers yeah. contact yeah yeah the the chicken farmers have a, a hotline that they staff 24 uh, 7 that uh, the links to the Featherboard Command Center as well. It's, okay, yeah. great. Um, and of course, you're veterinarian, I assume. If there's, if there's yeah, there. yeah, yeah. You should have a uh, all, all commercial farms. Uh, def, you know, they generally do have their own veterinarian. If, if not, they would be prudent for them to have access that. Uh, have someone that they can uh, regularly uh, correspond with on these things. Yeah. yeah, keep the number handy. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to add uh, before we conclude, Tom? Appreciate the opportunity to kind of cover some of the the current status of the disease. Uh, it, it's it's an evolving situation. Uh, we basically feel that even influenza now is uh, a disease where we have to live with. Certainly on a, on a global level, uh, it may not hit Ontario every year, but it's uh, certainly going to be in our uh, environment. Um, and an ongoing risk that that farmers need to manage, just like they do any other uh, risk. So it's uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, to to review some of the situation right now. Thank you very much.